It's your boy Dreams from the Notorious Mass Effect, and I'm here to let you know you're holding yourself back. Like this show and want to make your own? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now, you can even add songs from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create. Whether it's music analysis or your own radio show or something that the world's never even heard before, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership for the newbies out there. <laughs> it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Let me say that again for the people in the back. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started so you can start affecting the masses. And remember your boy Dreams believed in you before you even started your show. So please don't switch up on me. Remember me when you make it to the top. That's all I ask. I love you, I love you, I love you. Until I, until I, I Since the birth of my son, I remain unfazed. Trust worse has been done. Man, evaluation, show me personal funds. It's the pretty boys versus the petty boys. Sold that already, got a whole new set of toys. This so surreal, Drizzy Drake, you better enjoy it. Nothing else bigger than the OVO Letterman boys. Cashmere nets for the nighttime boat rides. Ollie got the first edition parked up roadside. The only sign of struggling is coming from those guys. I'm trying to just relay what I can see through my own eyes. And nothing tell the truth like the eyes will Live so much for others, don't remember how I feel Friends in high places and friends that are high still Still manage to moonwalk straight through a minefield And then I come back to tell you how that feels Build this house for us all, painting my back still You gassed up, you couldn't pay the... Champagne poetry These are the effortless flows Supposedly something else is controlling me Under a pictures live some of the greatest quotes for me Under me I see all the people that claim they over me And above me I see nobody I'd have to be dead for them to say that you took it from me The 20% of you that we own is my tootsie's money I'm wildin' with your bread, you owe it to me CJ grab racks out the bag and throw it to me They don't want a problem with the boy, but it's going to be Trust in my brothers is as strong as I know it should be Future sign of contracts, he don't even show it to me I don't have to second guess nothing with no one I love About to build a second guest house cause we growing too much Think I gotta scale the love back cause The GOAT AKA Aubrey Graham, AKA Drake, has officially dropped Certified Lover Boy. I just gotta take a moment of silence to take that in. Because his last album, official album, with no, well, there was leaks, but Scorpion was his latest attempt at a huge commercial album called Scorpion. Now, in 2021, he has given us Certified Lover Boy, which came an hour after it was supposed to be released. But whenever that happens, it means he really, he up, what was it? He sent in a verse late. Well, not late. He sent in a new verse 
which a lot of in, inside the industry people said it was 7 a.m. on Bridal Path. So they had to delay the album a little bit so it could be uploaded with the entire album. For those that don't know, it's a little inside. <laughs> but Certified Lover Boy has the likes of Jay Z, Kid Cudi, Rick Ross, Lil Wayne, and a bunch of other talented artists on the album. Usually, it's an ongoing joke that Drake does a lot of features with these other artists, and then when it comes to his album, none of them show up on the album. So I'm just, I'm glad to see these artists like Young Thug on the album because you just know how much Drake loves making music with them. As you saw Drake on YSL, the compilation soundtrack, you saw Drake with Future multiple times, even put out a single with Future that didn't wasn't on the album with who was. No, I don't think it was. It was Dirk. Got him confused. He did a single with Dirk, uh, Laugh Now, Cry Later, which wasn't on the album. But to see Drake put out a single with the artist like Little Dirk and it do the numbers that he did, it just cemented to me that Drake is here to stay. Like, for Drake to put out this album with no singles, literally his first week sales could have been, I think it could have been over a million with the laugh now cry, cry later track and the once and these track with little baby but he chose to go with all original new tracks on this album even though some of them bleaked like tsu and the one with travis scott called fair trade that one was leaked before the album came out but these are mostly or these are all of these are original tracks and, and none of them were singles which is something that drake I'm not gonna say never does because sometimes he does. He puts out something like, if you're reading this, is too late. I I don't think he had any singles going into that mixtape, but this is an album for so for him to do that or do this, he just knew the sales was gonna be out of this world, and he already knew the rollout plan was successful. There's a lot of writing credits on this album: John Lennon, Paul McCart, but Paul McCartney, as far as with the Champagne Poetry track. There's a controversial uh, R. Kelly credit, but the reason for the R. Kelly credit on TSU is because the beginning starts off with a guy talking or just thanking all the ladies who ever existed. <laughs> but the TSU beginning of the of the track is, is very much a guy just, just talking with an R. Kelly song in the background. You can't even hear the R. Kelly song, but the way that they sampled it, it was a part of the original mix. So they had to credit R. Kelly to use his words, like to use not R. Kelly's words, but to use the guy who's talking's words because R. Kelly's track was in the background, even though you can't hear it at all. But that's just petty for people to bring that up. Like, oh, R. Kelly's on here and he's, you know, you know what R. Kelly does. We don't even have to speak on that. CLB is, I, I believe. So I'm gonna get into everything about this album, of course. But I have to give you the little tidbits just to let you know that this is going to be like an official review from me. I've listened to this album countless numbers of times, so I'm definitely ready to break it down. But as far as the references, the, the snippet, not the snippets, the samples, the interpolations, 40, which is Drake's producer, knows what he's doing. As the beginning of his album starts off with a sample. 
His next track has a great sample and literally leads into one of the bridges that ends, that ends the song in Daddy's Home. So when he sings the Daddy's Home part, that's from a sample. So it's kind of like the Drake formula. You should use a popular sample, not even a popular sample. Use a sample of a singer that sounds great sonically. Everybody listens to the album and they're just like, for me, you can even take Drake off of some of these tracks and it will still be great because of the samples. And I think that's the cheat code. These tracks can't be like you can't like when I when critics were saying about this album, oh, this album's too safe. I knew Drake made a classic. Whenever your whenever your biggest critics can, the only thing they can say about your album is it sounds too safe. You know you made a classic. Like at that point, they can't even hate on it. They're just like, man, there's nothing we can hate on. So let me just call it safe. You know, it's just like it's like when LeBron puts up a 20, 10, and 10. And then they're just like, well, we're used to 30, 15, and 17 from LeBron, but it's still a good uh, game for him. You know what I mean? It's just like at this point, like he's just so consistent that you can't say anything about his art form. So with Drake, this album came out no skips in my opinion. We're going to get into track by track. I just want to get into the overview of it. I believe it's like an hour and I would have to look at the runtime. But actually, let me let me pull up the runtime. Let me keep talking about. So the critics was came out. It was highly criticized, of course. I mean, it's certified lover boy. A lot of people, a lot of critics like academics who loves Drake. I mean, literally, I thought they put I thought Drizzy put academics on the cover at one point when they were when they were showing the pregnant women. I thought that was Drake for a second. From, I mean, I thought that was academics for a second by by how he, he talks about Drake. I mean, he talks about Drake like he was the best thing since sliced bread <laughs> but so i thought that was i i didn't know who that i didn't know that if those was emojis or academics who was pregnant on the album from listening to it but this album is an hour and 26 minutes of runtime and that is for the for the most part it's not a long album because for drizzy not putting any singles on this album these are all original tracks well some of them will leak but i'm gonna I mean, leak tracks the world kind of not. For people not in tune, they'll be like, yeah, this is all original to me because there's no singles on here. Like, all of these tracks are new. It's 21 tracks of just straight Drake content, you know? So, what was I getting to? There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight, nine. There's nine tracks from Drake where he's just alone. So literally, he gave us he gave us nine solo tracks. And whenever you give us tracks in, in that short amount of um, track, whenever you give us music in that short amount, you're going for a classic. The features on here, I definitely think did their part. But for Drake to only put out nine tracks with him on them like just solely him on there i think he was going for okay these are the features that i want but i don't want to give them too many solo because if they combine the solo tracks together undeniably it has to be a great body of art and for me it, it worked for me i just felt like this was one of his best outings i even think this is better than scorpion which scored us can i even talk one <laughs> uh scorpion had in my feelings 
in mob ties so it it just shows you the different levels that he could uh, attain with scorpion but what sort of certified level boy it was more complex you had to figure out which one was which tracks were rap which ones was was singing it wasn't as laid out it wasn't as simply laid out for you like it was in scorpion which to me makes it a more complex album because he put in a lot of work to make it fit you know it's easy to make a a rap only album because when you're picking different beats and just rapping not with the same tone but just with the same cadence as you're used to rapping with and if you just put that all in five and then you start to sing like it's a it's a simple layout which doesn't take too many listens to try to break down for certified level boy it's way more complex there's multiple tracks in one track like with in too deep there's a whole singing portion and then it got to my favorite portion of in too deep with the upbeat up tempo club type sound with future when he was saying in too deep and just over a lot of reverb and echo and it was just a great track but it's combined with the singing at the beginning so it's more complex if that makes sense i don't think there was too much of that on scorpion scorpion was much a much more simplistic take on Drake's artistry than Certified Lover Boy, which I believe makes Certified Lover Boy one of his best albums to date. So the rest of this for Certified Lover Boy, if I had to get into it, there was a lot of tracks leaked, like TSU, the one with Travis Scott, which the one with Travis Scott leaked without Travis Scott, and I think that the fans titled it like Not Around, so a lot of people love that track. But at the beginning. It had that sample, which what, which is why R. Kelly's featured as a writer. But it's basically, it's not even R. Kelly, it's just a song in the background that they minimize, but they still have to give R. Kelly credit. But they they basically used it for the guy talking, so. I don't have too much to say about that track because TSU is already like a great track. I mean, when it was leaked, everybody said it was a phenomenal. It was like, I can't wait for Drake to come. Pause. But um, <laughs> the best thing about Drake's music was just the surprising. It wasn't even surprising. Like, I mean, I know Drake's the GOAT. I call him the GOAT. And But for him to put out this type of music where there's, I don't think there's any skips. Like, if somebody was like, this track, I didn't like it. Like, I would literally go into detail on like the different beats used the different samples the interpolations the way the the bar structure like when he came on it wasn't just rhyming words it was more like a scheme when he was rapping like he literally went into a whole terror into kanye on 7 a.m bridal path which i said at the beginning of the segment he used to give a perspective that Kanye was literally kind of obsessed over him which I mean I think both artists are are obsessed over each other the reason I keep bringing up Kanye with Drake and Drake with Kanye is because they did it to themselves they literally released in the same week like they released in the same span of seven days so it was just like they, they definitely wanted these to be compared to each other so when that happens you the only thing left for me to do the work was already laid out for me i just for me i just have to put it together and and i think putting this together was pretty easy as drake checking kanye on a lot of tracks definitely 
highlighted the fact that these are definitely not friends <laughs> they're definitely they definitely have been made up like karen civil put out a tweet you can look it up karen civil drake and kanye tweet she was basically like oh yeah kanye and drake made up and then drake comes out and said well what are we doing all these beatings for if we're just going to be back at it with no hesitation which i forget which track it was but he basically was saying that he tried to be in a meeting with kanye they talked about their differences thought it was settled kanye comes out i mean posts his address on ig his whole rollout plan was just stuck on dropping whenever drake dropped he ended up dropping on Sunday, which then Drake said he was dropping. So it was very much a planned attack on Drake. But I think Drake came out on top. As I think Certified Lover Boy is the more consistent album. I think Donda's the more fluctuating album. Album, And when I say that, I mean Donda has the best highs. But Donda definitely has the worst lows, if that makes sense. Like with Hurricane, I don't think any track on Certified Lover Boy can even come close to that. But then some of the tracks with Kanye... It's just letting the music play. It's showing off his producer uh, producing ability. But Drake, on the other hand, is a is a rapper rapper. So he's not wasting any any airtime getting the bars off. And everybody, I feel like everybody from just uh, from what's his what's his name? I forget his name. Uh, I think Swiss Beats is his name. Swiss Beats, the one who's married to Alicia Keys. I forget his name. I don't even know if I'm saying it right. I'm pretty sure the one who made the fancy beat. I think it's Swiss, but I I, I, I don't want to misspeak. But um, Drake literally had a bar right to him, and it was very much a subliminal because after what he said, he said, you fancy hunt, which comes from one of my favorite albums, Drake Thank Me Later, and where he says he has the track with Alicia Keys called Fancy, I believe. So it is very much a shot at Swiss Beats when he was talking about on the Buster Rhymes interview, he was saying Drake. I don't know. He was just going off on Drake. Even Buster Rhymes tried to stop him because he was just talking out of the side of his neck. I don't know if he was drunk, if he had drugs in the system, but he just felt like talking about the GOAT, like he just wasn't the GOAT. And Drake was just like, that that day you sounded like a, you fancy, huh? So, yeah. I, I can't really say the full quote because it's more explicit. You know, this is a PG podcast. You know, we have to affect the masses. And when I talk about affecting the masses, please rate this show five stars. This is... uh. That, that helps for the algorithm and people find this, finding this show. So, the Notorious Mass Effect, his name alone already is capturing people as far as, like, listening. But to affect more people, you know, it, it would help out if y'all, whoever's listening, well, not whoever, I know y'all are listening. But, <laughs> but for those who's listening and who's willing to give this a rating, please rate this five shows on five shows what am i saying this this show is terrible now i'm just joking rate this five stars on apple Podcasts. this is this helps the show reach more people you know affect the masses that type of thing you know my slogan so at this point at this point we're just gonna get into drake certified level boy and everybody he named dropped no i'm just joking we're not gonna get into everybody he named dropped but we're gonna get into the athletes he named dropped as he even had a bar for auntie Tecupo, which is the hard name to pronounce if i do say so myself the biggest ways that he even went at these uh, athletes is he said a lot of things with LeBron talking about him being at his crib. He even name dropped some owners. The the other thing with with Drake is he's very much a what, what do you call it? He's like a, he articulates the ways he talks in ways that not too many rappers do so 
The biggest things for this is that like Giannis Antetokounmpo. That's not a that's not an easy name to pronounce. He said keep it a buck like Antetokounmpo, and before that he even set it up with the. I don't even want to say the word because I think that's a curse word in like a different language, which shows you the versatility of Drake. But so Antetokounmpo, of course, plays for the Bucks. I mean, it's, it's a simple bar, but the way he set it up, I think was pretty nice. A lot of people was killing him for that, but a lot of people can't rap like Drake. So at that point, it just comes off the tape. <laughs> then he talked about Dr uh, LeBron James as he said, all my wishes come true without blowing eyelashes up in bronze crib, fishbowl, wine glasses. That's how we pass in time. Basically hinting at the part where he was with LeBron and LeBron had no reper uh, repercussions as the COVID-19 laws, I guess, doesn't apply to him as far as the NBA. So, and then my favorite line, literally, I didn't catch this till like my third time listening to the album, the Shikari Richardson line, the Shikari track runner who was banned for smoking weed so she couldn't go to Olympics and now she's like ending up in last in like every race I mean that's a little exaggeration not every race but she's not doing too well but Drake still name dropped her saying that I'm like Shikari smoking on and off the track I thought that was an amazing bar honestly I mean like who's name dropping Shikari nowadays like for, for people saying like I don't even think I've heard a Shikari bar like that's how I, I don't know. I feel like Drake's more in tapped uh, or more in like tapped into the culture than some of these artists. And it doesn't make sense because he's the biggest artist in the world. So he has every reason not to be in tune with what's going on. He has a Tiger Woods bar, a Kawhi Leonard bar. I think the Kawhi Leonard one was more impactful. He said, can't picture being hubby, kind of playing off the husband, certified lover boy. Then he went on to say, finger too stubby to fit a ring on unless Kawhi want to run it back, which goes back to the bar well it goes back to when Kawhi Leonard literally won the whole country of Canada a ring by showing up just for one year which was amazing and probably the highlight of Kawhi Leonard's career because nowadays he's just sitting on the sidelines waiting to come back as far as playing for the Clippers like nowadays he's more a low management than ring winner so which I mean he already has what two or three of them so but I, I don't know. I don't know what he's trying to do with his life. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Drake went on to quote Allen Iverson still running game. Don't ask me about practice, which is could be attributed to anything. But a lot of people attributed that to Allen Iverson because he has the whole popular quote where he was like, we talking about practice when he was dropping 30 a game. He was just like, we talking about practice. Like, come on, man. Like, I come into the games. It's kind of like James Harden. You talking about me being fat, but I'm showing up dropping 30 on pro athletes. Like, it's just, there's the levels to this. Then he talked about Dan Snyder, where he was up in Dan Snyder's condo. We ocean bathing. I don't know if there was ocean bathing together because that would be kind of weird. I know it's certified level boy, so he doesn't really talks about what he's loving. So. Uh, to each his own. It is 2021. But anyways, I'm pretty sure you didn't mean it like that. But anyways, let's get into the actual album. I know y'all tired of the athlete, the name dropping from Aubrey Graham himself. But let's get into the Ghost album, Certified Level Boy, which I'm just going to come off and say right now. Certified Level Boy for me is album of the year. Call me biased. Uh, Drake's my favorite artist. But I do have critiques about Drake at times. But for this album, I felt like it was masterfully crafted not as producer it's not as good producer wise as Kanye's album but Kanye is one of the greatest producers to ever live but as far as bars from the artists we came to listen to like for Kanye we didn't come 
to listen to Fabio rap like one of the best verses of the year. We came for Kanye to rap for Drake. Well, Kanye is not a rapper, but you see what I'm saying. Like he got out rapped on his own album. Drake didn't get rap out rapped on his own album. He came through as a rapper and gave bars that were definitely remember uh, memorable. So. Yeah, let's start off with track number one, Champagne Poetry. Starts off with the, sing, uh, the sample, I love you, over and over and over. Kind of playing off the Certified Lover Boy title. A lot of these tracks play off the off of the Certified Lover Boy title. I mean, it's just, it's just a masterful album. Champagne Poetry starts off with the sample. Starts off with Drake going crazy with the bars, switches up the beat, goes crazy again with the bars. The beat, the second beat has more of a up tempo type feel it starts getting faster and more dramatic at the end and he starts talking about how he's old not old money but like basically he universal definitely should just give him a blank check at this point because he's just outselling everybody who's uh, who they put up against him even mr west so that's one of my favorite tracks on the album like i always do with every album just to be fair i'm gonna play three snippets so there's no way you can call me biased with that because I'm playing three snippets. So you're going to hear the three snippets that I want to play with the album. But we get to that when we get to that. So you, you, I think you heard Champagne Poetry at the beginning of this segment. As far as the next track, though, you heard Poppy's Home at the beginning of that episode. So if you listen to the entire episode, Poppy's Home played at the beginning. And that's one of my that's my favorite track off of this album. And that's just because Poppy's Home champagne poppy being drake's ig username fits him so perfectly because the way that he talks about just all these rappers being his sons or whatever kind of plays off the Nicki minaj all these are my sons you know what i'm saying like i can't fill in the blanks but it's very much a Nicki minaj quote put into a drake track which is why at the end Drake has Nicki Minaj talking on the track like it's, it's very much like it's, it's hard to catch these things because if you're not like a huge Drake fan it's like oh I'm just listening to music but at the same time when you know what's the background you know what had to happen for this because Drake and Nicki was now on good terms and somehow they reconciled or reconciled and now she's on the album so which she was on Scorpion for doing the same exact thing just talking so for this album she's just talking again but it's more updated like you knew you saw her and drake in the studio like if you look it up drake and nikki back again in the studio you saw them in the studio i think they was making seeing green and then she probably made this talking point for for drake's track which definitely added to it because at the end drake sings along to the popular sample daddy's come well daddy's home so he sings along and it just ends the track wonderfully and that's why it's my favorite track of the album because it very much embodies what drake is about the soft vulnerable singing put on display for people to indulge in and there's also bars in poppy's home to make you rewind and listen to it again so i just thought this was the best track on the album also click my link in my bio let me know on one of my social medias what do you think is the best track off a certified level boy um i'm definitely not finished with my review at all i'm just letting you know that that's my favorite track and i just want to hear your opinion on what you think is the best track so getting to track number three girls want girls featuring little baby now this is where the controversial controversial bar came from she told me she's a lesbian i said i am too or something like that she was like she said she a lesbian i said i am too and um 
a lot of people killed Drake for that. It was like, what type of bar is this? But if you heard the cadence where he said it, the way he said it, I mean, if you ever had like a lady friend and y'all was just joking about some things, I'm pretty sure you probably said some wild things just to get her to smile or say something or just say something like, oh, you crazy or something like that. So for, for Drake to put this in the track, the way that he said it made sense. But for people who just want to kill Drake just for being light-skinned and talking about light-skinned things, um, that that's definitely a bar they can point at and be like, hey, man, you can't be saying you a lesbian. Like, what type of message you trying to send to the youth? You know, they're trying to get deep with it when he's a hip-hop artist just playing off of words. So I thought that was clever. Little Baby. Okay, so Little Baby is on this album. is also on Donda. Lil Baby is one of those artists which is the hottest artist in the game. One of the hottest artists in the game as far as numbers, sales. Now, as far as appearance, I always have to, to, what's the word? I always have to start off with that because it's like people, we're in 2021, so you never know which way people swing. I'm not mad at whichever way you swing, but for me, um, it, I don't swing that way. So, <laughs> yeah, I just have to clear that up. But Lil Baby, as far as numbers, is the hottest artist in the game. And so for Drake to have him on track number three of the album, literally, this is the first track, because one and two, I feel like are intros into the track. This is the first track or first feature that he has on the album, and it's, and it's the hottest artist in the game. So it really already, already tells you how he's coming. Could have put Once and Knees in this place. Once and Knees, Little Baby went crazy, ballistic. On this track, I, I mean, he it was solid. It was a solid verse. For, for Lil Baby, I feel like at this point, he's kind of on cruise control, which is why I hesitated to champion his run at the beginning because it just felt like he only had one flow that he went to. But then he came out with the bigger picture, came out with Emotionally Scarred, and I was just like, okay, this man's here to stay. So, But it's been a while since those, and he's kind of... I'm not going to say he's... Because he's on one of the... I think he's on one of the gr greatest tracks ever made, but I think it's because of The weekend and Hurricane. The weekend, what he done on Hurricane should be put up in a museum or something like an audio mu museum. Like you should just walk in and the, the beginning of Hur Hurricane should just play. Like that track is amazing. Literally one of the best tracks ever made, like of all time. But as far as this track, Girls One Girls, I think it was a solid track featuring Little Baby. Little Baby came with a solid verse. Donda, I think he came with a solid verse. So really, Little Baby just, I'm not gonna say he mailed it in, but he definitely played it safe with these tracks which I, I know i talked about at the beginning when you say he plays safe you're kind of hating because he's just doing the same thing but i don't think little baby's at that level yet where he can play it safe like he still has to push the envelope because he's trying to reach those heights of drake and kanye but for donda verse and for the clb certified level boy verse i think it was very much a safe verse but definitely not bad i think it was a good verse then we get into track number four, In the Bible, featuring Giveon and Lil Durk. Now, if you if you would have told me the murder... No, but let me chill. <laughs> if you would have told me the Chicago Savage and Giveon would have been on the same track on a Drake album. in three years ago, I would have told you, you was insane. You was crazy. Because Giveon's been out for a while, but as far as putting out music for the masses, he's been more popular in these... Uh, past two album or uh, past two years so it's not really too much of a surprise when Giveon gives a great verse because him and Drake work well together like I believe him and Giveon could be on the level of of Drake and The Weeknd but Giveon's more of a 
he has his own lane. The Weeknd's more of a pop artist at this point. Like, he's solidified. Gibeon, not so much. But the talent is definitely there to be on that level. So, Gibeon, Lil Durk, I think it was a great track. I think Lil Durk had the better verse as far as, like, if I had to compare Lil Baby and Lil Durk, because, you know, of course, they came out with the whole album, which I still have in my top five albums of the year. I mean, they was talking, talking on that album. Like, they didn't waste a single bar on that. It's, it's like, that entire album like they was going crazy like they was just i can't even can't call it <laughs> but Lil Durk definitely had the better verse i think out of Lil baby on this track in the bible i mean Lil baby Lil Durk definitely he even had a line shouting out his girls cosmetics and made it sound fire like i don't know how you do that like on the biggest artist on the biggest probably probably on the biggest album release of 2021 you shout out your girls makeup business or makeup company and you make it sound fire at that point you're just on a different level like like yeah kudos to him man i'm glad him and little baby just gave us uh, a huge uh treat present whatever you want to call it in the voice of the heroes because that was just amazing but yeah little dirk definitely came with it Gibeon came with it and i i really i very much like this track i think it was a very solid track track number five love all featuring jay-z now this is a contender for the best Drake and Jay-Z track of all time. When I think of this track, I think of Pound Cake. Like the sample, the person talking at the beginning, Drake coming, Jay-Z coming, and then they're just both just going crazy ballistic with the bars. And it's just like the double, triple entendres with the metaphors and the, I'm just like, I don't I don't really know how to break it down because if you've never written a verse before it's kind of like oh they're just rapping rhyming words but they're literally putting out a scheme of a whole topic into one verse like they're just going weaving through and out through metaphors and entendres and also giving a, a message but also making it in a way that I don't want to say simple minded but regular fans can consume and the hip-hop fans can dive into like if that makes sense like it's not as complex as like we don't know what you're talking about like eminem kind of gets into that territory where he's just saying a bunch of uh what's what's the word for it he's saying a bunch of words that have a lot of multiple uh multiple ah, i forget the word for it. i can't believe i'm forgetting the word it's like when there's multiple Okay, I just I just forget because y'all gonna be like, or can you get can you get on with your point? But basically, the different the the breakdowns of the words like the the, the yeah I, I I don't know I don't know Jay Z went on to to give a I think it was a six no it definitely wasn't sixteen I would say it was like a twenty four or thirty two bar verse and he went insane like. You would have thought it was a mob boss the way he came on the track just talking about the different things he was talking about. You know he's in deals with NFL, so for him to be talking like this, it's just like, whoa, hold up now. Jay-Z don't revert too back to your old ways because he's gonna may lose some deals, but Jay-Z was just not caring. He didn't he didn't give any you know what on this track. He was talking that talk, and then it was very much a serious vibe to how he was rapping. But uh like he literally had a line he would rather just ignore you than to destroy you 
or he would rather build without you than destroy you because that takes more discipline like come on now like that's just a different level of talking especially from jay-z a billionaire so yeah i love that track i think that was one of the standouts on this album track but that's not one of my snippets one of my snippets will be though track number six which is so two of my snippets are have been leaks but at the same time like they're just such great tracks you could see why it was leaked like people was like i can't wait for this so let me just put it out like people just think that sometimes hip-hop artists have people in their camp who will release uh who will release something like a like a snippet and do it to spite the artist but sometimes like you're sharing hard drives you're uploading files or you have multiple producers mixing tracks and hackers can get into your system and just hack it like it's not like even the president's been hacked drake's been hacked like you can get hacked whenever like hackers have ultimate power over your social media like at any point you can get hacked and completely locked out of whatever you're using so i don't know why people don't bring that same ideology to this to the way tracks are leaked. like hackers are they don't discriminate on what they want to hack so yeah there's probably hip-hop hackers out there who leaked this track way earlier than it's supposed to but the biggest thing with this is he added travis scott so it was kind of a new feel to it even though we've already heard the track so track number six fair trade i think it was definitely the standout on this album which makes it my first snippet for the album and we're gonna play it right now so here's fair trade with drake and travis scott we're gonna play drake's part not really too much of travis scott's because it's a long track it's four minutes and 51 seconds and this is called a snippet so yeah here's fair trade with drake and travis scott yeah yeah hey Feeling young, but they treat me like the OG. And they want the tea on me, I swear he nosy. Said he put some money on my head, I guess we gon' see. I won't put no money on his head, my told me. I gotta be single for a while, he can't control me. Uno those traits in a race, they can't hold me. And I show my face in a case, so you know it's me. Imitation isn't flattery, it's just annoying me. And I'm too about it. And the dirt that they threw on my name turned to soil, and I grew up about it. Time for y'all to figure out what y'all gon' do about it Big wheels keep rolling, rolling I'm outside, 29, G5, Seaside I've been losing friends and finding peace But honestly, that sound like a fair trade to me If I ever heard one and I'm still here Outside, frontline, Southside I've been losing friends and finding peace Honestly, that sound like a fair trade to me Look, don't invite me over if you throw another pretty party Looking back, it's hard to tell you where I started I don't know who love me, but I know that it ain't everybody I can never love her, she a busybody Baby, if you want me, can't be turning up with everybody Nah, can't be known as anybody Yeah, I got feelings for you, that's the thing about it Yeah, you know that it's something when I sing about it yeah, mama used to be on disability, but gave me this ability And now she walking with her head high and her back straight I don't think you feeling me, I'm out here Being everything they said I wouldn't be or couldn't be I don't know what happened to them guys that said they would be I said, see you at the top and they misunderstood me I hold no resentment in my heart, that's that maturity And we don't keep it on us anymore, it's with security I'm outside, 29, G5 
Seaside, I've been losing friends and finding peace But honestly, that sound like a fair trade to me If I haven't heard one and I'm still so yeah, that was just a great track. I mean, it was unfortunate that was leaked before it actually was able to be officially released. But at the same time, you add Travis Scott and you have a whole new track. Don't, I mean, am I right? I mean, he literally came on, changed up the track and added the Travis Scott elements that only Travis Scott could. I mean, Don Tolliver at this point, I mean, I, I, I think he could. <laughs> Let me see. I, honestly, I feel like Don Tolliver is a great addition to the cactus jack label with travis scott so for them both i think they can only bring which is why I f that's another take i'm getting ahead of myself fair trade featuring travis scott is a great amazing song it was a unfortunate that it was leaked next track seven uh track number seven way too sexy and when i say way too sexy i mean that is the actual name of the track way too sexy featuring future and young thug now it is how it sounds and it's how it sounds as it is and that probably makes no sense but it's not one of the snippets that i have but i encourage you to definitely hear this track and press play on way too sexy hear the beginning hear future's chorus hear how drake starts off his verse probably the first time drake has ever started his verse off like that and i believe it's more of like a comedic element to the entire track which is why when the video came out it looked the way it did because i believe drake knew that this track was going to go the way it is going right now and this could have definitely been a single because of the sample like the sample is just hilarious like too sexy for my shirt and then future comes on rapping and says too sexy for you know the all type of he's too sexy for everything basically in the chorus and then drake comes on and he's like okay all right that's fine okay and then it says okay and then i'm just like oh my god it's just like it's just such a comedic like it's not a track it's not a serious track but it's a great one if that makes sense like it's not one you go into like man this has to be the hardest thing ever like i need some street music and this is one of those very comedic very much a i wouldn't say bubblegum rap but it's very much a playful vibe of a hit like it is i think this is a hit the way they came on way too sexy it was like way too sexy for everything like it was just like and then young thug gave his verse which i believe he had a much better verse on donda but as far as way too sexy sexy in the track that he was on with the young thug or uh, with uh kanye completely different vibe so i don't even think that's a i don't even think that's fair to compare those two because com two completely different vibes and young thug came with it on both tracks just a little bit more on donda but anyways way too sexy i feel like could have been a single i really like that track it's not one of my snippets though as because it's next track track number eight tsu now when i tell you that this is a track that is very much a quotable track this is the most memeable track that you could ever make as far as drake i mean i've been losing but no um what was that no, that was fair trade i'm thinking about well fair trade is definitely a memeable track too and what i mean by that is like people can take a quote Put it behind a funny meme and then there you go it just blows up with tsu it's very much a vibe throughout the whole track like her daddy's not around her mom's not around and it's just basically like the whole topic of it i don't want to get into but it's just very much a toxic track 
and people probably don't like when i hear people talk about tsu it's like oh my god this is a great love song like when i hear like talking about it with people they'll be like oh yeah you know i just really love the way tsu this, this is my female version the female voice you know the way they talk but uh, it was just like i just love the way you know tsu just just i don't know it's just a whole different vibe it's just such a vibe you know it's just i'm just like i just i don't understand like for me for the podcast i try to break things down in like very specific terms so people can understand where i'm coming from as far as the tracks but i guess like other people i mean who just listen just for fun i mean you know because that's the thing <laughs> and they're just like yeah i just love it because it's just such a vibe and you know it's just it's just it's just amazing and then i'm just like oh okay well that definitely explains to me why you liked it but <laughs> but now nah, tsu is a great track definitely the second snippet i have for the album so you can hear TSU and why I like it in all its glory, uh, glory right now. Ladies. She moved out of state, then went left, she's seeking forgiveness. She used to dance, but she went alone and start up a business. Her daddy is not around, her mama is not around. I watch her climb to the top of the pole and then get to sliding down. Now, that's not the most toxic thing you've ever... Like, from first listening, you're probably just like, oh, okay, she's just finding a job, you know what I mean? But then he just keeps going on and on. Like, You find out this is not a love track. This is a very much toxic masculinity type track. The message that he's sending here, I don't even want to say it because people are going to think I'm reaching, but it's a, it's a very much a toxic track. Like, I don't know, just listen to it. Like, I know I paused it, but... I had to pause it after that. Like, literally, I don't know. Y'all just have to listen to it. I'm going to play it right now. I'm going to play it again. Well, not play it again, but I'm going to re resume. I make it rain in this. I make it snow in this. She trying to get out of the mix. Shawty is going to jail. Shawty is going to jail. Me, I'm supporting it. This is a story. Came from my life, and I'm just recording it. I'm going to just give it to you direct instead of me throwing it. You know you important it. You know I'm supporting it. We used to do between you would come over, but now you got more. Now, this is a clean track, so it's not too much of a um deep take or uh, a, a dive or I don't know the exact word for it, but basically the explicit version version, you can hear the whole quote on what they just say. I'm gonna rewind it so you can hear what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this part right here. You know I'm supporting it. We used to do between you would come over, but now you got more. So yeah, that part, that's the part I'm talking about. That is very much a toxic bar. Like, listen, like, listen to the explicit version. Come back to the clean version, because you know we're trying to affect the masses. You know, click my link tree, you know, rate this five stars, all that good stuff. But um <laughs> TSU, that that bar right there just made the whole track toxic for me. Like literally condemning her for growing up like not wanting to do that anymore and now it's just like yeah now you got more like he said it in such a way that it's like a very spiteful like it's not a oh i'm glad you just matured and i'm just hopefully i can get like you one day it's just like ah you you switched up and and uh you think you better now and you got morals now and stuff like that like very condescending because of what you knew her to be and it's very much a uh I'm not going to say it's relatable to me, but, you know, the other people, you know, it could be a little relatable. It could be relatable, like to little Timmy, the, the, the demon little Timmy down the street who just used to 
being with multiple women it's just like he could just be like wow you really switched up and it's just like okay now you're just growing up and great for you i'm glad for you but really you're not like in the back of your mind you're just like like how can you just act like the past never happened like i don't know it's just crazy it's, it's very condescending but anyway let's get back into the track i got like four in the wrist and an adorable kid i got a drake in the studio and i don't trust me that i'm in this please make the most of it don't just come close to some shit. I give you this bread, you run me some shit, and they ain't go blow up a bit. She moved out of state, still went left, she's seeking forgiveness. She used to dance, but she want alone, start up a business. Her daddy is not around, her mama is not around. I watch her climb on the top of the pole, and niggas. I make it rain in this, I make it snow in this. She trying to get out of the mix. Shotty is going to G, Shotty is going to G. Me, I'm supporting it. This is a story, came from my life, and I'm just recording it. But daddy's not around, mama's definitely not around. She got a business plan, but she just ain't had time to write it down. Stay with her sister now, she got a man, but he out of town. Soon as he out of town, they hop in his whip and they ride around. I watch her climb to the top of the pole and they get to slide and slide it. Thought about trapping a player before, but that just ain't right, right. <laughs> look in the mirror if you wanna look at some things on the bright side. You pot a 325, you feeling too good to worry tonight. She moved out of state, doing left, she's seeking forgiveness. Yeah, no, that track is that that's a solid track right there. That's a great track. Like, that's an album cut right there. Like that's a track you listen to and just like this can't go anywhere else but the official album. Like he has some toxic bars. I don't for people like i don't know if i'm i don't feel like i'm reaching like if you listen to the explicit version with the bars and in, in, inside of the track it is very much like he's not congratulating the person he's very much saying like this is who you are so keep being that or if you change and mature i'm gonna be condescending i'm gonna be like oh you changed you got morals now and stuff like it's very much a toxic track it's not very much a congratulation like oh your mom's not around your dad's not around so you're doing great no your mom's not around your dad's not around so i'm about to take advantage of you like it's just like that's i mean in a in a um what's the word in in a in a um in a consentful way is that what yeah like it, it, there's consent there but at the same time like mind games you know what i mean <laughs> but anyways um track number nine let's get away from that toxic track TSU, I want to say is, now nah, I can't even think of anything besides, like, that's just, he sure just named that track Toxic, but anyways, track number nine, In Too Deep, featuring Hendrix himself, well, and then, and then right after the Toxic track, he has the Toxic King himself, he had the Toxic King before this track, and after, way too sexy before this track, which is more of a comedic vibe, TSU, I believe, was more of a toxic vibe, track number nine, In Too Deep, which, future literally says to perform a specific action and you would get a with a birkin or a roly something it's um what was it it was it was very much a specific action that he'll buy you something or i forget what future said his first lines that he repeats like ten thousand times is very much a toxic line and i'll just felt like it fit right after the tsu track which i'm definitely not reaching with that future came with some toxic bars like he was saying some crazy things but of course that's future you know 
So in too deep, it's, it's kind of funny how Future's on here twice. It kind of shows you how comfortable Drake is with recording with Future and kind of shows you he wishes he could make another What A Time To Be Alive too. But I just feel like if you ever put that out, it will always be compared to the original. And with music fans, they never feel like artists get better. They always feel like the older projects are better than the current or whatever the offering at the moment. You know, it's, just, it's a weird thing. It's like with basketball players, you know, there's a peak and then you kind of fall off. With musicians, it's like your old music will always be superior to your new music, which is just, for me, it's just insane. In Too Deep, though, I think it's a great track at the beginning. He's very much singing, you know, kind of trying to like uh, sing and serenade. Is serenade the right word? I don't know. I have to look up the definition. But basically, he's trying to sing to the ladies. And then at the end, he just gets into his whole toxic bag. So you have to listen to that yourself. A lot of these tracks, I will play snippets of because it's the GOAT. I mean, I will play a snippet of every single track on this album. I don't think there's any skips. But for the purpose of the length of the segment, you know, I have to be fair, you know, somewhat because this would definitely be my longest time length as far as like reviewing an album. But I feel like the things that I'm getting into, like I feel like I'm deep diving into every track. So it's more of like it's not just somebody talking from a, a, a perspective of, oh, this is how I feel. Like I listen to the tracks over and over. I, I like break down the bars and it's just like this is what it is. It's not like a. It's not like, a, oh, I'm guessing, you know? <laughs> so, because Future's been with Lori Harvey, with Sierra, and he's very much said things like, got more money than Stevie, or money, she liked me because my money longer than Stevie, regarding Lori Harvey. And then regarding Sierra, he was like, she went from a savage to like a somebody else, like, how can you move on basically talk basically the same thing drake does when a girl moves on he just gets all condescending and just instead of congratulating her on her growth it's just kind of more of like oh you grow up like how you go from me to him like how you go like honestly how do you go from a future to russell wilson like that's a very much like it has to be like a case or something on there like sierra really was tired of that lifestyle <laughs> must have been really tired like she pulled a 360 with the choice of god but anyways Track number 10, Pipe Down. I think that track was solid. Probably on the lower end of this album as far as quality for me. The entire album, I feel like it's just great. So when I say quality, I mean comparison to like Poppy's Home and some of the other singing tracks on here. Like, let me, I don't want to get too far ahead, but but the track number 20, which I can't even, I'm just going to call it Fans because for the PG side of the pod, but that's a great singing track. So this one compared to that one was just solid. Track number 11 is more of an interlude from Yeba. So, yeah, I mean, this is basically Yeba's track giving a little inter interlude, which makes sense because it's track number 11, which is not technically the middle of the album. But, I mean, technically, I mean, could you have 10 tracks? You have 10, then you have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Then you have 11, so it's basically like the middle. Like, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, as, it's as middle as you can get of an odd number of 21. <laughs> so you have a little intermission of the album. Then you get into track number 12, No Friends in the Industry. And when I tell you this is like non-stop 2.0, this is like non-stop from Scorpion 2.0. Like, this is a great 
up tempo just straight bars straight club hit type cut for the album because he is getting his bars off like he literally has a part where he says forget I'm gonna say the clean part the clean version and this is from memory I'm not I'm not even looking at the lyrics he said forget who's forget debating who's the goat better not make this about the numbers all I know better not make this about the summer all I know better find somebody else to hit with all that smoke now I wonder which artist he could be talking to now for fans they're probably like oh of course Mr. West like I mean Kanye just dropped Donda and then he just leaked Drake's address all that before putting out Donda I mean obviously it's directed at him if you're talking about GOAT in top 5 right then you get into the fact that not too long ago an artist came out saying that he was smoking the biggest pack filled with your top 5 artists like the biggest ever like he was just like he was he was just rolling up your top five artists and just smoking them like he was just smoking on your top five and i believe that came from the one and the only kendrick lamar himself so when drake says better find somebody else to hit with all that smoke i wonder who he could be talking about definitely not k-dot right like obviously there wouldn't be any animosity between the top two artists of the generation interesting anyways i really like that track i felt like it was non-stop 2.0 and for me that just makes a great track track number 13 knife talk featuring 21 savage and project pat now knife talk featuring project pat um project pat had a great like impactful part of the track like i felt like if he was taken off it would lose substance like it would lose the feel and the vibe that drake was going for so i think he was a great addition now this is probably gonna be my most controversial take on this album if drake and 21 savage never made a track together again i would be satisfied like well i say that in not a good way i say that like i'm tired of drake and 21 savage tracks like when these two artists get together it's not a good chemistry mix now they may get along personally which i feel like they do because even drake did that track with lil yachty and uh oprah the oprah track with the baby which i believe if anybody else but yachty was in the middle of drake and the baby it would still be number one to this day like that was amazing concept amazing structure i just feel like lil yachty wasn't the one to to make that come to fruition you know but with this track 21 savage and drake i don't think they mesh at all like they just it's it's forced like it's not a track i go to where drake and 21's on where i just feel like it's a classic like literally let's look up like i'm i don't want to sound like i hate it like let's let's look up drake and 21 tracks drake 21 savage tracks because I remember I said this around one of my friends and he just thought I was crazy. He was like, no, nah, no way. Like Drake and 21, they just, they just make such great music. So Drake and 21 have made Mr. Mister right now on Drake on 21 Savage album, which I just felt like that was so forced. Like, I don't feel like that was a good track at all. Like I, I actually felt like that was below average of a track. Oh, okay, Sneaking. Sneaking was a great track. So, 21 Savage and Drake, Sneaking. I, I did like that one. 
I forget how long ago that was. That was 2016. So whatever they had in 2016 is not here anymore. Like it's 2021. Whatever they, whatever type of chemistry they had in 2016 is long gone. Because in 2020, Mr. Right Now wasn't it. And in 2021, Knife Talk, like the title's cool, but it's not it for me. Like this would probably be the only skip I have off of this album. And I still feel like this is a solid track. Like I don't feel like it's a bad track. I just feel like Drake and 21 don't mesh. Like Drake needs to leave that 21 Savage lyricist, uh, a 21 Savage lyricist combo to J. Cole. Like the way that those two get off is is unmatched, honestly. Drake and 21 Savage, as of right now, it feels more forced. I'm sad to say that because I love, well not love, but like, I like 21 Savage music. But at some point we just got called spade to spade, man. Like, like they just, they, they, they ain't, they're not at that point where they can just make music together and it would be fire. Like, it's, it's, at this point, it's very much forced. Like, Drake and Jay-Z, I thought their track was forced on Scorpion. And then you come to this track and they just made up for it. Like, there was no makeup from Mr. Right Now to, what's this called? What's this track called? Knife Talk. Like, from, from Talk Up with Drake and Jay-Z to love all featuring jay-z like it's just it's night and day like those two tracks are just shouldn't even ever be compared to each other like the Drake, the drake and jay-z track on scorpion to certify lover boy sh should never be compared because scorpion is just a much better collab from drake and jay-z from 21 savage though whatever drake and 21 savage thought they had in the studio as far as chemistry was left in 2016 with this song called sneaking so i'm sad to say that but i feel like it's the honest truth and as soon as that happened, Drake hit me with one of the best tracks that he's ever made in his career. Whenever Drake looks at his watch and looks at the location on the map, it's over. Like, it's literally, he's he's in a mode that no other artist has ever, like, I mean, there's artists that can rap like Drake, but I feel like Drake is a top five rapper. Like, I don't care what the Ghost Rider rumors was. I mean, obviously, it came out that Kanye even said himself that Drake has written for him. I mean, Kanye has even said, he was like, yeah, Drake, uh, if I hit you up with a WID, you better hit me back and say, hey, I'm writing everything you need. And Aubrey Graham, I feel like that just, I feel like Kanye said that in a way to like diminish Drake. But to me, it's just like, okay, Drake writes for you, but people saying he doesn't even write his own raps. So if one of the greatest producers ever is trying to get you to write from him, for him, obviously he thinks you are a great writer. So I think it discredits that ghostwriting thing a little bit. Like I feel like Drake creates a little bit of the vibe for himself. Like obviously he has help, like every artist, every great artist, but Drake writes for himself enough for me personally to put him in the top five rappers ever. Anyways, when Drake looks at his watch, looks at the location of the map, you get track number 14, 7 a.m. on Bridal Path. Now this is the last and final snippet for the album. And I think this album, I think this track is so great that I'm going to play the entire, like, we're going to break this down. So, I don't, I don't know if y'all, y'all better get like, I should have told you at the beginning of the script, like, Certified, Drake's my favorite artist. Like, I don't know what type of review y'all thought y'all was getting from, like, a Drake fan, but, and of course, with, with the way the podcast is going right now, like, I know there's like a, 
a rising audience so it's just like i'm gonna take my time like literally i'm gonna show y'all like why i listen to hip-hop like this artist is amazing <laughs> so uh let me let me find the lyrics to this we're gonna break this down we are going to break this all the way down so 7 a.m on a bridal path obviously has a lot of shots but let's get into it right now not waste any more time it's three minutes and 59 seconds the sample is just honestly I feel like that sample is like something he could come out to on the stage with a whole like choreography with people dancing and everything and then he just comes out rapping like I feel I can just see the the way that he could perform this track and not even just with the performance aspect of it just the bars in general he gives a bunch of bars it's just like could fly way over your head if you don't even read the lyrics so yeah let's let's get into the lyrics right well let's get into the track right now and while i'm looking at the lyrics so we're gonna break this down yeah go squad hey look I wish everyone could tell me exactly what they need for me The first second they speak to me I'm not with all the secrecy secretly be for me Behind closed doors but playing it peacefully for the streets to see My have some decency Don't move like a puto Could at least keep it a buck like answer to Kumpo I'm So I hope you know that the whole reason he said don't move like a Which I believe is a curse word in another language so for the sake of the effective masses, I'm not. I'm, I'm gonna keep this uh, PG and not say that word. But that was definitely a setup for him to rhyme it with Ante Tecupo. Because think about how Kanye rhymed uh, something with Giannis. I don't even think he rhymed anything with Giannis. I just just think he was like, "Don't be like that boy," or some some that boy Giannis. And then Drake to one up him. You know, as petty as Drake is, Drake is a very petty person. He said, could at least keep it a buck like Ante Tecupo. So, instead of using Giannis, which is pretty easy to pronounce, Ante Tecupo has a lot of syllables. That's the word I was looking for when I was talking about Jay-Z. Jay-Z in the syllable game is just unmatched. Kind of like Kendrick Lamar in the cadence. I know that take was like a, a, long, a while ago, but I just remembered the word that I was looking for. It was syllables. Like the syllables that he breaks down. Makes the words that he's saying stands out more as far as the Jay-Z verse. Now, I can't go back in time, pull Doctor Strange, go back in time, and implement that word in my description of his verse. But now you know what I'm talking about. So, if you, you know, now you know. <laughs> if you don't know, then now you know. Who said that? Biggie, the Notorious, B.I.G.? Anyways, let's get back into the verse. Made north of the border like Vito Rizzuto. Throwing parties in Miami, they loving us mucho. With the ratio, I'm like David Caruso. There's a mass shortage of people giving me kudos. I've been doing this since T-Pain was pouring us nouveau. You tell them I run the country, they'll say Trudeau. Poppy, Chulo, Grippin', Kulo. And I got the flows, still like boot toes. You boys reaching new lows. Letting me take the rap for that cast for the ghost. While you finding all of the loopholes, you move too cold. So yeah, Drake is basically calling out all the other artists because Drake was called out for being a ghostwriter, but ghostwriting isn't like as prevalent as it is nowadays. Like people are literally announcing the ghostwriters and people are like, oh, that's cool. That's 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 great. That's oh, Cardi partisan. Oh, that's cool. Megan Thee Stallion. Tory Lanez now partisan. I mean, that's cool. You still rap great. Like it's just like it's not 
I know there's a female artist, but at the same time, I mean, the post, you know, equality, you feel me? But, <laughs> but um, I'm just saying, like, the, the ghostwriting is just, is, the the scale has, has swayed. Like, Drake literally took the bullet for rappers having ghostwriters, and now it's just, like, so prevalent in today's rap game. Like, I've said that I feel like Don Tolliver has written for Travis Scott, which I wouldn't be surprised because of the way that Don Tolliver just took off after he was shined after he had his time to shine when when Travis Scott gave him the spotlight. So when I think about things like that, it's just like, so y'all just are openly showing y'all ghostwriters now. It's just like, nobody cares. Like, y'all just saying like, yeah, Drake, come right from me. If I hit you, like Kanye said, if I hit you with a WID, you better hit me with a, yes, sir, I'm writing everything you need. But everybody wanted to clown him for having ghostwriters, but they're asking him to write tracks for him, for them, which is, it is. That's why he said you, you people move too cold, which I think is definitely fitting because it doesn't make any sense. Let's get back into the verse. See the watch collection and assume I got time because of the ruby rose two tone. I switch it to the one I call R.P. Nipsey because I swear to God the bezel got sixty of them blue stones. Maybe I'm getting two stone. Calico the marble for my tombstone. Here lies it. That never lied in his new song or any of his old songs. They sing the like folk songs. Kumbaya, boom by yay. Know that I'll stay on me. Bad trying to come through and lay on me. Trying to get the Earl Grey on me. But I ain't really into talking names. Only tea you getting from me is one for the walk of shame. Heart is on my sleeve and my body is in the Hall of Fame. High fashion and my life is full of climaxes. And my wishes come true without blowing eyelashes. Up at Brown Crib, fishbowl wine glasses. That's how we passing time, 100,000 on the line. At the table praying banker shows a natural nine. It never happens half the time. I lose the nights are still a vibe. That's the things I accept. You over there in denial, we not neck and neck. It's been a lot of years since we seen you coming correct. Man, f respectfully, I just want my respect. They try to label me mean, I say what I mean. People now, this is the part where he goes off. So, <laughs> he says, it's been a lot of years we've seen you coming correct. Talking about Kanye. And then he says, forget it respectfully, I just want my respect. Now, there was this guy who's promoting Kanye called Justin LaBoy. He had this show called Respectfully. At one point, he was basically giving us all the inside, well, quote-unquote inside. He he ended up being wrong by 80% of it, but I guess he was speaking with Kanye. Kanye said he was dropping at a certain date. Justin LeBoy came out, said, it's Kanye's, well, Kanye's dropping, you know, basically hyping him up. So, he caught a stray. I mean, that was basically it. Like, that was it. Like, only reason he caught a stray is because he was <laughs> promoting uh, Kanye. So, and Drake said it in a way that makes it seem so, so generic like he it could have like forget it respectfully i just want my respect like it, it's just such a line that's just like could apply to anybody but justin leboy who is promoting kanye has a popular show called respectfully drake saying basically forget all that like i want my respect you know so it, it was a very clever bar anyways let's play back i just want my respect they try to label me but in denial we not neck and neck it's been a lot of years since we seen you coming correct Man, f*** respectfully, I just want my respect They try to label me mean, I say what I mean People that could've stayed on the team, they played in between Clouds is hanging over you now, cause I'm reigning supreme Some of these say what they mean, it ain't what it seems Had to pull my out of the mud like I'm training marines You hot to them little kids, you ain't famous to me Told you I'm aiming straight for the head, not aiming to please I could give a f*** about who designing your sneakers and tees Have some
So obviously, that's another shot that Kanye says he doesn't care about who's den- who's designing your sneakers and tees. He said he'll put you in a gilding if you play with my seed, which is the whole Pusha T situation, where um apparently he was trying to say like Kanye gave him Pusha T the information about his child, and Kanye came out and said I don't know how you found out. Then Pusha T came out and said. He learned the information from on the Joe Budden podcast. He said he learned the information from Forty, which is Drake's producer's girl that he was pillow talking to, quote unquote. So I don't know if it's a cover up or if it's actually a a, a legit source that he was saying. And when he said he would put him in the gilding, I don't even know what that means. Like, are those uncomfortable? I don't know. Is that like at first I thought he was talking about guillotine, or it's, I thought it was like an abbreviation for it, but then. I don't know, so yeah, that that went over my head. I still don't know what a gilding is, <laughs> but anyways, y'all can let me know. Uh, click my link tree in my bio. Let me know on one of my social media. So yeah, I, I still don't know what that is. But anyways, let's get on with the track. Somebody put you on a gilding, you play with my seed. Trust me, there's some you really gotta come see to believe. That's why your people not believers, they all leaving you. That's why you buying into the hype that the press feeding you. You know the fourth level of jealousy's called media. Isn't that an ironic revelation? Get that address to your driver, make it your destination instead of just a post out of desperation. This me- see, now that now he, he went, he started going crazy again. He was like. I mean, I don't want to break these bars down too much because I feel like some of them are, are some of these are pretty straightforward. Like give that address to your driver, make it your destination. Drake literally posts Drake's house and in address. Like it was just he didn't post his address, but basically posted the map with his house like in the middle of it. Like basically sending his address to the world. Even though Drake's huge mansion is public knowledge like you can go to if you want to you're probably going to get turned around or if you try to infiltrate it probably shot down or gunned down (laughs) so um yeah but um i thought the biggest part out of this was uh what was he saying that's why people not believers they they all leaving you i think that was a shot at some of the people trying to leave kanye's life and I don't want to get into that too much because I feel like it was a certain shot at somebody who was very much famous who, I don't want to get into that. I think that's messy, but I feel like people are leaving him and I think it's for a reason. But the Drake part, the the dress part, I think is fair because Kanye went out on a limb and posted Drake's house. Even though it's public knowledge, he still posted it on his feed to millions and didn't say anything. So you don't know what he was trying to insinuate with that. So that makes sense. The whole give it to your driver, make it your destination. Very much a passive aggressive threat. So but Kanye started it. So I mean it was a very much uh um a respectable a respectable response. Me reaching the deepest state of my meditation. Why you over there trying to impress the nation my Wait, hold up, hold up, hold up, one second. Well, what is, um, <laughs> one second. Uh, this, what did he say? You know, the fourth level of jealousy is called media. What is Drake trying to say to, to all the media heads who, who hype up his music that it sells even more? Like, obviously, Drake will sell what he's going to sell, but media is a prevalent part and a pivotal part of people, of artists' revenue sales. So I'm just like, even I get, even my podcast, I get artists sending me emails. Hey, man, can you talk about this track? Can you put this? Like, they literally call my album 
not my album. They literally call my podcast a playlist. Like they literally be like, hey, can you put this on your playlist? Like it's not a playlist. I just talk about a lot of music. Like it's so for artists, they need media. And for Drake, obviously he uses media. He put on billboards. He signed to Universal. If he didn't need media, he would be independent, releasing music on his own. On through like I forget what it's called, but. Yeah, I forget what the service is called, but there's a way you can release music independent and then just like not care about what the sales are. So I don't know. The fourth level of jealousy is called media. Like that's a very much a bland statement, and I don't know how true that is. Call me uh, not sensitive. Call me biased because I'm a podcaster, but at the same time, it's just like, uh, what are you trying to say with that? Because you still need media. Like everybody needs media. So um, yeah, I'm not. It's not correlating with me. It's not. It's not clicking for me. <laughs> but anyways, let's get back into the verse. I was running wild with the speculation. Why the f- we peacemaking, doing the explanations? If we just gonna be right back in it without hesitation. Yeah, that's the part where Karen Civil said they was friends, and then I guess that I mean it blew up once again. And then so I guess Karen Civil was probably on that call where Drake and Kanye supposedly made up, and then just this happened again. So it just I mean it just makes sense like. Obviously, Drake speaks on it, so it obviously happened. It wasn't Karen Civil just didn't come out of nowhere hoping to be right. She probably was uh, a tool used in, in this peacemaking. So, I mean, Drake basically said, "We're gonna why why do all these meetings and peacemaking? We're just going to be back in it without hesitation, which makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, so Karen Civil, which Karen Civil is a great source and definitely a great personality. So. You always you always know that when you get information from her, it's not just out of thin air. So it's glad to see Drake confirming this too, as it kind of made her look crazy when they started going back and forth again after she said it was just friends. But this makes more sense. They tried to reconcile. Obviously, it blew up again. So yeah. But let me digress on behalf of the association. I'll play it cool with you, Denmark, like Copenhagen. See, they're getting loose with the line like open cages. In a lot Ferrari, my emotions racing. Dance, not a condo, ocean bathing. Texting, bro, but we are not in no close relation. I was down to get these credit, but hold the payment. Somehow I'm the greatest in the game in my own amazement. The greatest in the world, there's no debating. You boys about to will me to defeat like we rollerblading. Far as the Drake air, man, we in the golden ages. Look at the total wages and look at the heroes falling for grace in their older ages. Dang, that's. That had to be tough because Kanye's definitely not fell off. Like, if, if Kanye's falling off, a lot of artists would love to be falling off. I mean, selling 309,000 copies in three, four days is. That's not falling off to me, but you know, this anyways, I try to be fair with it, but I see what Drake's saying, like he's not on top anymore, so that makes sense. Like he's felling he's fall off that he's not the top artist in the in the world anymore. That's still Drake and it's been a decade, so I guess that makes sense. But as far as falling off, I don't think Kanye's falling off at all. But anyways, let's get back into it. The ages, look at the total wages and look at the heroes falling for grace in their older ages. If we talking top three, then you been sliding a third like stolen bases. Toss around rollies with the frozen faces. They used to tell me back in the day, boy, you going places. Never understood why I could really take it. Yo. So that's the end of the track. I really like the, if we talking top three, then you being sliding in the third like stolen bases. Drake has already said him and Jay is top two. He feel like him and Jay is like thrown. So I would say... Drake believes he's number one. Well, Drake publicly says Jay-Z's number one. He's number two. 
But honestly, Drake's so close to the top, I wouldn't be surprised if he thinks he's number one. I mean, if you're that close to the top and don't think you're number one, you wouldn't be that close to the top. So Drake, I feel like he thinks he's number one. Jay-Z's number two. Kanye's number three. So yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I don't think that's a slight at all. Like he's basically still giving his what he say he's down to give people credit but hold the payment. He was definitely giving Kanye credit with that bar. So yeah, of course, track number fourteen, seven a.m. on Bridal Path. That was just a great, amazing track. Um, I don't, I don't really know what else I can break down about that track. I think I broke down everything about that track I could. Uh, I think at the beginning of the segment I said that with seven a.m. on the Bridal Path. It was very much like, um, what am I trying to say? So it's, it's very much like, the biggest thing for, for Drake is, is making sure those bars hit. So with 7am on a bridal path, he has so much ammo to use for that track. It just made sense that he would upload it last minute to push the album back. Like he was just like, this is just too great not to leave, to leave off the album. So yeah, I, I just feel like it was an amazing track. Uh, probably... After Poppy's Home, I think this is the second best track on the album. I would have to go back and forth, but Poppy's Home, I really like that because it's the intro. It really sets the tone, and I like. If you listen to my inter- my reviews for a while, I really like when when track when albums set the tone, and that means like you set the tone and you keep that tone throughout the whole album. Like it's not fluctuating; it's very much consistent. And with 7 a.m. on a brighter path, this was the peak of Drake's rapping. Uh, on this album for me track number 15 breaks my mind <laughs> he gets back into a singing bag bag i really like this track i feel like he's serenading the, the females once once again with the ladies i don't know if they like females in 2021 i think even females is like a derogatory term so let me not try to not get canceled so the ladies he's serenading with with race my mind and i really like that track i feel like it's just a vibe uh, track number 16, he's go, he goes for his, I think it's called Dance Hall. You know, he, this is what made me think like this album was a classic. He was, I could tell he was checking off boxes. He had a street anthem with 21 Savage and Project Pat. He had a very much a commercial success with Way Too Sexy. He has a bunch of rapping tracks on here, 7 a.m. on a bridal path, Poppy's Home. The remorse, a bunch of tracks where he's just going crazy. And then he has dance hall. So it's, it's very much like he's checking all the boxes. He's checking every genre. He's like, make sure I have some of this, make sure I have more of that, make sure I have one of these. And for a dance hall, is checking off to make sure I have one of these type boxes. So race hall, I mean not race hall, what 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 type of track? I just made up a whole new track. Fountains featuring Tim's. Great dance hall track in my opinion. I really like it. I like the chorus too, how Drake comes on it, but uh pause uh track track number 17 um get along better i sorry i told you i'm 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 uh i'm still uh i'm still a child at heart i'm I'm trying to trying to get better man trying to get better track track number 17 get along better featuring ty dollar sign now ty dollar sign is one of one of the more talented artists in the industry which is why he's on all these big artist albums like literally ty dollar sign he his talent immensely surpasses his popularity if that makes sense hopefully i said that right ty dollar science talent is way bigger than how popular he is like i would say he's on the level of chris brown type talent as far as making music type of artist but the popularity and the 
in the in the uh, the he just doesn't get as much commercial sale as like most other artists who are that talented which talent isn't everything you in the hip-hop game you can be non-talented and blow up i mean look at i don't even want to say artist name but look at the one that had the different rainbow color hair and then he was kicked out the game because he snitched but really he, he didn't have too much talent he, he made some catchy songs and that was it so yeah Ty Dolla Sign one of supremely more like such a supremely talented artist he was even on Scorpion Drake knows that when he combines with Ty Dolla Sign it's definitely album cut material so it, it just shines once again with get along better and okay so call me uh, 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 there. What's the word? Call me like a drama or a drama queen or whatever. But I believe "Get Along Better" as a track, slightly low key directed at Rihanna. Now, hear me out. So the the beginning of the track, he's saying a lot of things that made sense with the whole him and Rihanna thing. But then he gets into a bunch of track. He gets into a bunch of bars. Was like. It's very much specific to Rihanna. I don't, I don't want to like get too messy with it, but I feel like "Get Along Better" was definitely a, a a Rihanna type track. But you know, that's just me. Anyways, track number eight. Well, of course, with Drake, he's never gonna come out and say the name verbatim, and he's gonna make it sound like it could apply to anybody. But so I may be wrong. I'm, I'm open to be wrong, but at the same time, "Get Along Better" for me is a is a is a Rihanna type song. Then we get to track number 18, You Only Live Twice, featuring Lil Wayne and Rick Ross. Now, as far as the track, I feel like it's... Hold on. I'm about to start looking up definitions before I use words now. I'm going to change the new... I feel like this track is innately inaccurate if that makes sense i think that's the way and naturally inaccurate because technically for what we know at this point in time you only live once <laughs> so you only live twice is innately inaccurate so let me know if that if that makes sense to y'all but as far as the quality of the track i feel like it's a classic cut I, first time me hearing this i was like this is a classic like this is one of those type of tracks we're gonna look look at five to ten years down the line we're gonna be like okay so who got who um you only live tw uh, twice Lil Wayne got Drake no Drake got everybody no Ross came in killed all of them and he started like I feel like it's one of those type tracks like I just feel like it's a classic it's a great display of lyricism and Wayne and Rick Ross definitely have their beef so to have them both on the same track is something only the GOAT can do aka Drake so I think that track is a classic. Track number 19, I Miss You Too, featuring Kid Cudi. This this album is amazing. He has Kid Cudi at the end of this album. And I feel like this is one of the best tracks on the album. Like, Drake and Kid Cudi, and you put it towards the end of your album, for any other artist, Kid Cudi would be towards the top. He would be the premier feature for the album. And for Drake, he's using him to like close out his album, which isn't a bad thing. It just shows you the amount of quality that is and replayability that's on this album. I Miss You Too featuring Kid Cudi is just like amazing combination. 
of limited vocal range with Drake, but his consistent tone with the Kid Cudi unique out of the box type melodic masterpiece that he, he brings. Kid Cudi had one of my favorite albums of last year with Man on was it Man on the Moon three? I'll have to look it up. But it was one of my favorite albums of last year, Behind the Weekend, and that just shows you how much I like that album because The Weekend I feel like can do no wrong. With Drake and Kid Cudi, they came together to deliver this, and it was fantastic. This track is definitely one of my favorite tracks off of Certified Level Boy. Kid Cudi is just such a great artist. And Drake had beef with Kid Cudi. They, I mean, they had beef. I mean, Drake had that popular line. And, and he, he... How did Kid Cudi even make up with Drake? Like, honestly, Drake was pointing, at, pointing out Kid Cudi's mental health problems and talking about you as the man on the moon. Now you just go through your phases. Like, literally said that. If you look that up, Drake, you as the man on the moon. Now you just go through your phases. Like, Drake said that in a, in a, in a track. And who is he talking about? Of course, Kid Cudi, but he made it in a way that was directed. It could be generalized. So that's the Drake definitely took a page out of Hove's book with the whole subliminal shot thing. So I don't know. I just, I just felt like it was just such a great track. Like it was just like honestly, like Drake and Kid Cudi to make up. Like that makes me think. Okay, if they can make up, well, Drake and Kanye can definitely make up because Drake was point making all type of fun at. Kid Cudi making all types of fun of Kid Cudi's mental health like like it, it was bad like he was literally like he said a lot more than you just go through your phases like he pointed out how Kid Cudi was mentally unstable in a bunch of tracks so for them to make up I don't know what Drake did I don't know if he bought him his own stadium I don't know if he took him out on the stadium date like he took out the one popular basketball's mom but like yeah that was Speaking of his mom, he definitely had a Sierra Canyon bar on Poppy's home. He said Sierra Canyon looking like Magic City, walking by, hearing the talks. They like, you know what's over when you drive. And he was like, you know what's over when you drive. And they was just like, ah, oh, that's such a great. That's why it's my favorite track on the album. But anyways, um, I Miss You Too, fantastic song by Kid Cudi and Drake. I don't know what Drake did to Kid Cudi to make him forgive him, but whatever he did, I need to know because... If I can make somebody forgive me after making fun of their mental health, man, that takes some type of manipulation, man. I'll tell you what. <laughs> but anyways, track number 20. I'm just going to call this track Fans. Now, this is very misleading as Drake, everybody's a fan of Drake, honestly. Like, who isn't a fan of Drake? Like, even his haters are a fan of Drake. Kanye is obsessed with Drake. Like, it's just like... Who doesn't like Drake? Like, if you don't like Drake, people don't like you. Like, Pusha T don't like Drake. People, fans don't like him. You expose him for having a baby, but so what? I mean, kids are born every day. Um, <laughs> Meek Mill, uh, you expose Drake for having Ghost Rider, but so what? I mean, your girls, you're, you're opening up for your girls tour. She's going to leave you in, like, two months. She ended up leaving him. Everybody's just, like, killing him for it. So, um, yeah, everybody's a fan of Drake. If you're not, you're getting hated by the public. So, it's, it's, it's very much a set in stone thing. Like, nothing's changing. And the way he comes on here singing, like, it's just, like, Fans is just such a great track. It's just, like, he's very much putting his vulnerability on the line. It's just, like, man, I really, like, I don't know who he's talking about. I don't know who he broke, like, whoever he was with at the time that the baby news came out, He, I feel like he made this song specifically for her, which for Drake, 
means that it was probably for multiple women because I don't think he was ever tied down ever so uh which is why I think he's able to make tracks like this I think if he was ever tied down we would hear it in the music which he even hints to to at one of his bars I forget which track it is but he says that whenever you're in love your music's watered down like he says that verbatim like if you look that up then you'll probably find the track like whenever you're in love your music's watered down and the track will probably pop up but so Drake's even admitted that if you're in love your music's not going to be the same so that's unfortunate I feel like love can enhance your creativity but for other people who put love ahead of the ultimate purpose I feel like it can hinder their success because then you're just trying to please that girl with no type of boundary so you're giving up time you could be studying you're giving up time you could be working towards your craft to be with that girl and that girl will hang out with you whenever but you're not finding specific points in time where she can hang out with you because you are only trying to please her and you're not trying to build on yourself so what if you end up putting all your time into her negating all the things that could be making you better in life she leaves you and now look at yourself now you got to work on yourself all from phase one instead you could be still working on yourself so if you leave or she leaves you could keep working on your craft and getting your satisfaction from your craft instead of giving it getting it from the woman so the whole being in love hinders your creativity i don't think that's true i think people who are i don't know how to describe it but people who are blindly no that's not because because love definitely puts up blinders for for certain things like you love a person and sometimes you just negate all the red flags like you, like you love her so much you negate the fact that she had like i don't know um, let me not yeah. <laughs> try to get too specific in there end up getting a text i don't want um <laughs> so anyways let's get into yeah this this is getting me into uh hot water territory so let's let's get let's get me on thin ice um let's get into let's wrap this up track the last track track number 21 the remorse certified level boy the final track that i have to review from the goats album um the remorse i feel like it's an okay no okay i don't want to disrespect drake um the outro is not as strong as 7 a.m on bridal path and i feel like his outro should have been lyrically as strong as his best display throughout the album of lyricism and for 7 a.m on a bridal path i feel like that was his best display of lyricism so for this outro i feel like it was a good solid outro but i don't think it was his best foot forward as far as lyricism goes but that's going back to the lebron thing instead of dropping 49 points or what did he drop against the warriors one time and J.R. smith just forgot what what sport he was playing and messed up um <laughs> uh, <laughs> i think lebron dropped like 51 so like, let me compare that to Drake. If Drake dropped like 51 points on 7 a.m. on the bridal path, he dropped like probably like 38 on the remorse. Like it's still great, but it's not as good as his greatest game. I feel like his greatest game on this album was 7 a.m. on the bridal path as far as lyricism. Now, as far as the overall track, I still prefer Poppy's Home just because I feel like it set the tone for the entire album as, as of how he was coming. Pause. But uh, but uh, yeah, so the ending, the outro was very solid to me. And that's all I really have to say about that. So with that being said, my review for Certified Loverboy has completed. That is all I have for the album. But 
as far as sales let's get into sales right now it's projected to do 570,000 to 625,000 like I said with Kanye's album it did 309,000 with the official first week the unofficial first week which he had the extra two days because he dropped on Sunday he sold around 520,000 so Drake is at least selling 50 more 50,000 more sales than him and that's at least like he's projected to sell around 625k which is just insane it's not i think he would have sold around 800 if he would have included the singles like once it needs laugh now cry later but he purposely put all new tracks on here so nobody had an excuse for why he outsell kanye so yeah um that's all i really had to say about that let me see what else i have to say Oh yeah, okay. As far as what's next post CLB, what we're gonna talk about because after the goat drops, it's kind of hard to listen to other music. It's just like, man, the ghost drop like that. The year is over for me. Like we can go into next year. Like unless Kendrick's gonna drop, like the goat is what I was waiting for, and I got it. So now I'm just gonna be listening to this for the rest of the year. Like honestly, like I got what I need, and it's a great album. Like oh yeah, I'm listening to this like at least like the, to the end of the year, unless like Kendrick and Drake drop something else, but. As far as post CLB, I feel like the biggest thing Drake can do right now is to release something else, like a single, but that's like later down the line. I don't think he'll do that anytime soon. If, for, for me, if I was Drake, I would keep releasing this, the videos like he's doing right now. He released a video for Way Too Sexy, which if you watch that video, you understand why the track is even played out like that because very much a comedic track, not too serious, doesn't really take himself too serious. So, yeah. Um... Post CLB, that's what I was getting into. Drake leaked a Kanye diss song directly at him, featuring Andre 3000. Why he do it? Why he did it? I have no idea. All the fans love the track, saying that oh my gosh, it's the best track off Donda. So um, I don't know why Drake released that. I think Drake only leaked it so that Kanye would officially put it out, so Drake could come back and put out like a diss track to kind of build more hype up around the album because he'll probably shout out the album like he, he could use Kanye's diss track as an excuse to put out his own diss track because remember when he was going back and forth with Kanye he see he recorded a diss track but it was he said he couldn't put it out because two to three years down the line he couldn't look back and hear that track with the same ears like he said even with the Meek situation he said he looks back and he's just like he did he wish he didn't give it attention like that so with this Kanye deal if he ever puts out that diss track, he said it's something that's life-changing and will definitely mess up the family, quote-unquote. And when he says that, I think, I don't want to, um, it's just, when, whenever you get into divorce territory and you're and talking about someone's wife, that's that's different. So, I don't want to speculate on that, but I, I do believe Drake has something in the tuck, which is why he leaked that diss from Kanye to at, address to him. Because Kanye made it. It's not like it was made up. Kanye made it. Drake just leaked it, so... We'll see what happens to that track. I don't think we'll ever see the light of day. Even Kanye said he was going to put it out and never put it out. So I don't think that's ever coming out. I don't think Kanye really cares that much to go back and forth with Drake like that. So, yeah, um, that's that That wraps it up. That is my official review of Certified Level Boy. I'm pretty, pretty satisfied with the way I break down, broke down this album. Um, yeah, that's. I don't even know how long I, I took a break in the middle of this. Y'all probably didn't even hear it, but I took a break in the middle of this. 
came back and finished the review so i don't even know how long this is so uh, yeah y'all gonna have to let me know uh, best believe this would never be i'm never doing this again for an album this is i, I believe this is a, a I don't even want to cuss, but this is a PG podcast, but this is a long, this is, this is a long, long review for an album, and I only do this because it's Drake, and I only do this because it's the GOAT, so I, I don't, don't expect this ever again, like, I, <laughs> anyways, because, yeah, 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 now nah, that's it, click my, <laughs> click my link tree in my bio, let me know on one of my social medias, what is your favorite track off a of certified lover boy? And what does this rank as far as your top albums of the year? Now we're going to get into Marvel's Midnight Suns. 